Hey, welcome to the Hopecast for the week of October 23rd, 2022. This week we're looking at Jesus's parable about the Pharisee and the tax collector in Luke 18 verses 9 through 14. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Good to see everybody this morning. Um, today we're going to be looking in uh, Luke chapter 18 at uh, verses 9 through 14 at Another parable, right? Jesus is telling a lot of parables in the, the places we've been at lately. And uh, this one is a story about two guys. One who was very confident and one who was not. And one was very wrong and one was very right. And we're going to kind of look at those two things. But have you ever been confidently wrong about, some, about something? Now, don't be looking all puzzled <laughs> Like, who, me? No, yeah, we, we've all been there, right? You ever heard of, like, some of the misheard song lyrics? Like, so I looked them up, some of the famous ones. Uh, or if you've ever tried to start singing a song and you just swore up and down that you were certain of what it said and you blurted it out there and people looked at you like, what are you saying? That's not it at all, right? <laughs> um, like the famous CCR, Credence Clearwater Revival song, Hey, there's a bath. There's a what? What's it say? Hey, there's a bad moon on the rise. But people often hear it as bathroom on the right. Hey, there's a bathroom on the right. Or uh, Jefferson Starship. We built this city on what? On rock and roll. Some people claim that. This one feels like a little bit of a stretch to me because it's very clear what they built the city on. But some people claim to have heard sausage rolls. We built this city on sausage rolls. I don't know. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, I think this is Purple Haze. Um, Excuse me while I kiss the sky. Some people have heard kiss this guy. I guess that one seems a little more reasonable, I guess. The Eurythmics, sweet dreams are made of what? Of these, but I always heard cheese. Sweet dreams are made of cheese. I mean, if it's a good cheese, you know, it could be good. Um, And one of my favorites, which has come back into some popularity recently because it's been a remix, uh, Elton John's Hold Me Closer, Tiny Dancer, or Tony Danza uh, uh, from Who's the Boss, right? Um, And the the best times when these happen, and also the worst times, it depends on which side you're on when you do it in front of people and you're like really confident about it. You just blurt it out there. And uh, they, they harass you like good friends do, right? Or it could be maybe you shared a strong opinion about something. Uh, maybe on the internet. I know I've been guilty of this, feeling passionate about something. I'll post something on the internet and people are like, nope, that ain't it. And I have to take it down, you know, for whatever reason, just because I hate conflict, right? Um, like, did you know that, I, that I've read on the internet that everyone swallows four spiders in their sleep on average in a year? But there's like absolutely no basis in truth to that, right? If you, if you Google that statistic, you'll find lots of articles saying, this can't possibly be true. Should, we would know this. Do what? It is on the internet. I saw a quote that said, uh, from Abraham Lincoln that said, everything on the internet is true. Hey, if, if Abraham Lincoln said it, right? It's gotta be true. <clears throat> or there's been this one going around, and, and it, this maybe get a little bit political. I hope it doesn't. I just want to see, I just want to kind of show the absurdity of, what people will believe. Um, 
there's reports that some schools are putting litter boxes in their classroom for kids that identify as animals. This is absolutely not true. Anybody that says this has happened can never point to any kind of actual thing because a couple of reasons, working in a school system, the health department would absolutely be all over this school. They would shut it down. It would not happen, right? There's just so many issues with this, right? And especially if it's in a high school, you would absolutely have already seen videos on TikTok, on YouTube of kids using this litter box in their classroom, okay? You would, we would know about it, okay? Um, and, but we've all been confidently wrong before, right? And, and it's, it's humbling to be corrected, uh, but, like, but like medicine, like Flintstones vitamins that taste awful and we put them behind the couch because we don't want to eat them, and then mom and daddy find them weeks later and they're all like, yeah, it's nasty. Anyways, they're good for us. And so we need, to, we need to be corrected and take our medicine sometimes, okay? So that we don't continue to look foolish. Well, today's parable in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 4 is kind of like this. One man was very confident in himself, but he was really, really wrong. And the other man uh, was not confident in himself, and he was actually right. He was the, he was the one that was actually right. Um, so in, in our parable today, Jesus corrects our, helps us to correct our attitude and shows us the right way to be. So let's read it, starting in verse 9. It said, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. He said, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee was standing and praying like this about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest and saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this one, went down to his house justified rather than the other because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, this parable that Jesus told. Help us to find ourselves in this parable and, and make whatever corrections we might need to make. Uh, thank you so much for everything you've done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, of course, the context, Jesus has been telling a lot of parables about the kingdom, and we've been talking a lot about them the past couple months, right? <coughs> Excuse me. He's been talking about faith and persistence in prayer, uh, which I needed to be reminded of this past week, about, about being faithful, about God's faithfulness. Um, so it, it, was, it was a crazy thing that on Sunday I spoke about this parable, and on Monday... I had to be reminded of the words that I had said just the day before. Um, it's crazy how God, it, not crazy, it's awesome how God does that. It's amazing. But let's look at Jesus' audience here in verse 9. Uh, it says that he was talking to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And not only did they trust in themselves that they were righteous, but they looked down on everyone else, right? These were people who were confidently wrong. 
And they were so confident that they minimized others and they maximized themselves. They raised themselves up onto these platforms and looked down upon the rest of the, the other earthly sinners, right? And this isn't anything that we all haven't been guilty of. I have been guilty of this. Right? Have, you ever been, have you ever been behind another driver that makes a mistake? Like maybe they didn't put on their turn signal or they put it on at the last minute and we get upset, don't we? I do. I'm like, oh, come on. Where's your turn signal? Or you get behind somebody that's slow. And you're like, it's the one on the right, the long, skinny one. Go. <laughs> but when I do it, right, when I, you know, almost miss a turn or I have to make a quick turn, I'm like, oops, I'm sorry. Right? <laughs> it's, such, it's such a big uh, it's such a difference between the way I react to other people, <laughs> to other people's mistakes, and the way I react to my own mistakes, right? Um, like <laughs> other people's kids, I have so much more uh, uh, patience with other people's children. I really do. Like there's some there's some kids who've been coaching flag football. There's some kids on there. Man, they they have been been really um, trying my patience like while coaching. But I'm so much more patient with them. Now, my son, who is also on the on the team, he makes a mistake. I'm whispering in his ear, boy, you just wait till we get home. I will get you. You will never play switch for the rest of your life. Right? And, and it's so much more, it's such a different reaction. And it really shouldn't be that way. But it but I do it, right? Um, but the focus of, of what I'm kind of trying to, to look at or kind of trying to point out, we all do this. We all elevate ourselves and minimize others at points in our lives. Okay, uh, just because we got saved and had an encounter with Jesus doesn't mean that we're not prone to that. We still absolutely are. Uh, but the Greek for their attitude, the, that, this attitude of, of looking down on others can be translated into our modern word of despised, right? They despised these other people. It wasn't that just that they thought, man, I'm doing really well, right? Because there's a difference between thinking I'm doing really well and then adding and they're really horrible, right? Not only do am I doing so well, but they are awful people, and I hate them, okay? Um, and again, I've had to remind myself that I've been there before. So what, is this, so what is Jesus saying to these people, and by extension to me? Well, he's, he's showing here's a dichotomy, right? Comparison, contrasting, here's two different people. This Pharisee was like his audience. The Pharisee in Jesus' parable was like the audience that he was telling the parable to, very confident in himself. He offers, he offers a heartfelt thank you as part of his prayer. The only problem was his thank you was very arrogant and very uh, bragging because his thanks was that he wasn't like everyone else. And he didn't even thank God for helping him to be this righteous person. He, he pointed to himself as the source of all this righteousness and all the, the good things that he had done. Right? He prayed to himself. Verse 11 even, even says that he prayed this to himself. He wasn't even praying to God. Thank you, Father, that I am not like these other people who are greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, and tax collectors. That's a, that's a very backhanded compliment. You ever got one of those? Like somebody ever said, you know, you look so pretty when you smile. Like, I don't, every other time I don't look nice. Um, as a bigger guy, and I know people mean well, 
and I, I promise I don't think anything less. Um, but if somebody ever says, wow, you really lost weight. I'm like, I'm the biggest I've been in years. Thanks, I guess. I don't know. How bad did you think I looked before? Anyways, but maybe what he's really saying is, this Pharisee in Jesus' parable, is thank you that I'm in a higher social circle and I enjoy the privileges and prestiges that accompany my position and I can conveniently hide my own sin more easily and make myself appear better than I actually am while inside I'm like a whitewashed tomb. This is something that Jesus has said about Pharisees before. And if we really think about it, the more social economic status you tend to have, it, it does allow you some privileges. It does afford you the ability to be more discreet about things, right? And then he gives two examples, this Pharisee does, of what makes him righteous. He fasts twice a week, and he tithes 10% of everything that he gets. Now, in Matthew 22, Jesus mentions the two greatest commandments. Do you remember what they are? It's to love two. The two greatest commandments, to love to love God and love other people, right? This Pharisee doesn't say anything about how good he's loved others. He doesn't say, I have helped this, to help these people. I have helped orphans and widows. I have helped the less fortunate. He points to himself. I fast twice a week. I tithe 10% of everything I get, right? I don't eat at restaurants that serve alcohol, right? <laughs> There's some ridiculous things that, that still... Some people try to kind of point to. I don't go to the Cracker Barrel. Does Cracker Barrel show alcohol now? Do they really? Well, we, I have not been to the Cracker Barrel in a while. Oh, wow. I did not know that. And mixed drink. <laughs> you get a margarita and an and a apple butter biscuit at the Cracker Barrel. That'd be crazy. Anyways, but the unfortunate part for me is I've been that guy. This Pharisee that Jesus is talking about, I've been there. Jesus, I've got a 500-day reading streak on my Bible app. Look at me. Look at me. Ain't I doing good? And, and there's, there's nothing wrong with being happy about being obedient because that's what we want to do. But at the same time, there's a very, there's a, there sometimes seems to be a very thin line between where it becomes being happy and being arrogant or being prideful, Right? Um, like I love singing, right? God's, God's blessed me with the ability to sing, or at least I think so. Others may not, I don't know, but I enjoy singing at the car, in the car or in church. Um, and I've absolutely caught myself while singing, thinking, man, I'm sounding good. That sounds good. Lord, don't that sound good? Man, don't listen to the way you can't look. I can like hear, Look, I'm going to do a harmony, and I'm just, it's going to blend so well. God, isn't that good, Jesus? Don't you hear that? And Jesus is like, who are you singing to right now, brother? It ain't me, right? And I've done that. I've absolutely done that. So if we know then how we should not be this example of the Pharisee, how should we be? Jesus gives us the other character in this parable. He's a tax collector. And I think we may have mentioned tax collectors before. But tax collectors uh, were very despised, right, by um, the Jewish people in general, especially if they were Jewish people who were tax collectors because they, would, they were charged with collecting taxes from the people and then paying them to or sending in that payment to the government. And so, of course, they had to also make money. So what would they do? 
Good old-fashioned extortion, right? You owe $10 of tax, you pay me 15 I pocket 5 I send off 10 right? This is the way it goes. They overcollected and they used the extra to line their own pockets. So they got a bad reputation, obviously. People hated them. Just like he always does, Jesus shows his care for the people that society despises by making him the example of his story. It says that he stood far off rather than taking the center stage like the Pharisee who liked to pray to himself. And this tax collector hung his head. He was, he was racked with guilt and with shame of what he had done. And maybe it was about his extortion. He knew that the job that he did was not looked down or was looked down upon, was not looked well upon. He knew that he was extorting people. He knew that he was taking their money. And maybe he finally came to a point where he's like, this is wrong. I feel horrible about it. God was convicting him of this sin. Or, or maybe he had just had an argument with his kids or his wife or, I don't know, maybe he, I don't know, did something even, even just small. But either way, he was racked with guilt. And when God lays something on your heart, no matter how big or small it might be, it's heavy, right? Like, you know, I've never murdered anyone. I've never stolen huge amounts of money from a corporation. I've never committed anything that would be considered a felony. <clears throat> Probably some misdemeanor traffic violations here or there, right? Remember, oopsie, sorry about that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and not excusing that, of course, but it's happened. <clears throat> but there's been what some people might say, like even just little things that I've been just like tormented with sometimes when I do them. Right? Well, God, I... I was harsh with my kids. Now, granted, they had just spent the, the 20 minutes prior to that driving me insane. And I held on and I held on and I held on until finally I couldn't hold on no more. And I kind of exploded on them. Now, I didn't hit any of them, but I said some things and I said them loudly. And I probably shouldn't have said them as loudly as I did. And I'm sorry. And some people be like, oh, man, that's understandable, right? But if he's laid it on my heart, it's heavy. This man said, or the parable says that this tax collector beat his chest. This was a sign of grief and his sorrow. And, and, and he said maybe the only thing that he could say through his pain and his guilt, have mercy on me. Have mercy. I'm a sinner. I've sinned before you. Maybe he was alluding to. I've not loved others. I've not loved you in doing so, I've, in not loving others, I've not loved you. Whatever it is that I've done, I'm to the point of is this extreme grief, and I can't do anything else but confess and repent and restore our relationship with one another. Right? He's asking for mercy, and mercy is removing punishment that you deserve. Rather than receiving the consequence of your sin, He forgives. Not because of what we have done, other than recognizing the fact that we need forgiveness and asking for it, but because of His great love, because of how wonderful He is, He removes the punishment from our sins. And we've all come to this point of realization at, at different points in our lives, hopefully we have, that our selfishness and our sinfulness puts us at odds with our Creator. 
right? It, it places this separation between us. And it's not that we are, it's not just that we are fearful of what he could do, although that does happen, but real repentance is not um, confessing because you're scared of punishment. Repentance is uh, when we realize we've hurt our relationship, when we realize God has this great love for us and we want to love him in return but we can't because of our sin, right? That's real repentance. It's not that we ask forgiveness to receive a get-out-of-hell-free card. That's an amazing thing that comes with repentance. That's an amazing thing that comes with salvation. But that's not the point of it, right? And this tax collector realized this disconnect between himself and God, and he couldn't stand it and jesus says that this man was justified justified means to be declared righteous not by himself he didn't point to anything that he had done he the only thing he could possibly rely on was god's mercy that was the only thing he only hoped that he had was god's love and his kindness to be merciful to him and he was declared righteous because he realized that he needed forgiveness. He realized that he couldn't do anything in himself to be forgiven. And he cried out for mercy. And his point in his prayer was answered. And the point of this parable is just that. In verse 14, Jesus says, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. It's not about what I've done or what I've been able to do. It's all about God's love and mercy and that He forgives because of who He is. And I can't point to anything in myself that makes me, um, that makes me able or, or worthy of this forgiveness that He has, right? So we're seeing two different ways of living in this parable, two attitudes, pride and humility. We are to be less like the first and more like the second, and pride is this deceptive evil because it makes us feel more important and we feel good and we kind of point to things that, that we feel good about having done. But again, it's a very thin line and a slippery slope from being obedient to being prideful, right? It puts us at odds with God. Even in our cries of be merciful to me, I'm a sinner, pride can pop up. It just happens. God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner, and I am definitely not like that pompous Pharisee over there who's pointing to his own righteousness. See, we flipped it just, just that simply. I've been there. I've done that. And it's even then when we find ourselves in those spots, when we are trying our best to be obedient, when we are trying to follow Christ, and when we're doing pretty well, and then we realize how well we're doing and think, oh, Jesus, I got this for a while. I'm just kind of, I got it. I'm doing good. Kind of like a kid that, you know, we're trying to teach them how to ride a bicycle. And they're like, don't hold on to me. Don't hold on to me. Don't hold my hand. And then when you let go, they fall down. We're like that kid on the bicycle. I got it, Jesus. I got it. And then, then we fall down. Not that long after, right? Because our pride creeps in. And so it's at that point we have to then become like the tax collector again and to ask for his mercy, confess our sins to him. And today you may sit here and you may find yourself in need of this confession. You may, you may find yourself in need of his mercy, right, to make things right with God. 
And maybe it's for the first time or maybe it's for the one millionth time. Right? During, our, during our prayer time, uh, during our invitation here, um, take some time to do that. Right? Pray with the Lord. Maybe the, you know, there's things that you know about. Maybe there's things you had not thought about that, that the Holy Spirit might reveal to you. And if you can't say anything else but be merciful to me, that's all you really need. Right? Maybe you've never confessed your sins to God. Maybe you've never placed your faith in Christ before. And, and maybe you don't even know exactly what that means, but you have some questions about it. It'd be a great time to ask because He freely wants to forgive. He freely wants to bring us back into a, a relationship with Him. There's no strings. There's no loopholes. There's no catch-22s. There's no bait-and-switch. It's just God's love for us. And He wants you to have that today. Um, I'm going to leave with... A, uh, a quote from Debbie Thomas. Again, I, I miss, not misuse, I, I really use her a lot in my studies. She helps me to see things uh, in a great way that I, really, that I really like and I think is really spot on. I'm going to leave you with this quote from her. It says, two men go up to the temple to pray. One preens and the other weeps. One self-protects and the other surrenders. One catalogs and the other confesses. God hears both prayers, but only the honest and desperate prayer of confession changes the life. Which one of these will we choose? Father, thank you so much for Jesus' uh, parable of the, the tax collector and the Pharisee. I pray you'd help us to find ourselves, no matter where we are, maybe we're the Pharisee recently, and, and, and we need your help to get out of that. Be merciful to us. Maybe we're the tax collector and we've realized that we need that mercy. Be merciful. Help us to find where we are, course correct as we need. Thank you for being patient with us and being loving. All these things ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as always, I'll be glad to pray with you guys uh, if you need anything. All right, if you guys want to stand. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Hopecast. We hope that it was an encouragement to you and a blessing to you. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything that uh, that was in the message uh, or just want to talk to us, reach out to us, well, you can email us at hopechurchrc at gmail.com. You can find us at our website, hopechurchrc.org, or uh, Instagram, Facebook, at Hope Church RC or on TikTok even at Hope Church RC. And you can send us messages on all those platforms, uh, whatever whatever works best for you. Um, come visit us sometime. We're in a new place. We're at a meeting at 1304 West Main Street in Forest City. And uh, we'd love to come have you visit us sometime. Anyways, hope you enjoy it. Peace.